Story number one. A Lone Traveler by Yamayak. Sir, there is something blocking our senses approximately 5,000 kilometers long. Computers can't extrapolate the cause. Panic rose in the new crew member's voice, his mandibles retracting into its facial cavity as the antenna straightened up. On screen, the captain didn't even look up from her handheld console. She wasn't worried about some gravity well or wormhole or whatever the hell was blocking their path. She simply wanted to deliver their cargo from point A to point B and finally take that vacation that she'd been putting off. She also wanted to keep reading about the new elected leader of Randy 3, but she had put the handhold down and focused the screen hummed, indicating that it was on yet, it stayed completely black. Jesus, Carol, first you overload our energy capacitors and then you nearly depolarize our engine couplers, and now you can't even put an image up on the screen. What do I pay you for? She stomped over and rolled Carol's chair out of the way. She pushed a few buttons and yet nothing happened. Her eyebrows met together in the middle as she attempted to mentally troubleshoot. Full stop. Maybe you messed up with the damn sensor array too. She jogged over to the little monitor in the back of the bridge. Meanwhile, Carol started tinkering with a few buttons. His four spindly arms smashing the button combinations. A few presses later and he let out a few clicks of satisfaction as an idea popped in his head. Now learning the shape of the electron dispersion button. The main screen flashed and the whole screen was filled with inky tendrils outlined in the milky white lines. The tendrilled creature made for the cargo ship, which looked tidier than normal, a speck of dust in the grand cosmic stage. Its tendrils writhed around the screen, seemingly grasping for something like a toddler. That, that, that has to be a sensor malfunction. The captain's voice was barely louder than a whisper, and her jaw nearly scraped the floor. She had read old stories of the famed Kraken, the giant squid which devoured ships for lunch, but she never assumed that she would be the main character in the story. Actually, she thought, the Kraken could be a hundred times bigger than described and it would still wouldn't stand out against whatever the hell faced them. In space, many things were described as bigs. A planet was big, a star was big, but... A giant space monster with more tendrils than a beach has grains of sands. A giant space monster large enough to block out the light for not one, but multiple stars. That's huge. The captain took a deep breath, stealing a sob for whatever this adventure would hold. Carol, leave a beacon behind us, transmitting to all ships. Trade route closed, set viewer for electron dispersal, and the ship Antigon 1308 has gone out to investigate. Investigate? Carol spun around in his chair. His eyes were bigger than normal. His antennae were quivering slightly. I should have gotten on a ship with a human, he thought to himself. Did I stutter? Take us in slowly. Make sure to not hit anything along the way. You've probably heard what happens when the Calorian crystals gets too excited. The captain tried to relax as she leaned back in her chair. But she gripped the seat's arms rests and howled enough to pale her knuckles. A small bead of sweat rolled down her temple. Half an hour later, Carol slowed the ship down to a crawl. The sensors read with the distortion almost directly in front of them. Captain, I think that we keep a continuous electron pulse. We can track the sensor distortion and make a rudimentary map. Try it. Turn on the view screen and make it half normal view and half your map. The view screen hummed once again, half of it showed to the ship in 3D space. 
walls of flesh moving around it, the other half was completely black, fully enveloped in the void. The darkness wasn't the normal darkness of space. Out there, there's plenty of stars to light up the path. In whatever they were, the tendrils seemed to eat up whatever light it could, absorbing all of it from the ship. Carol, start the low-intensity beam, width of five meters, random wavelengths excluding visible light, directed at the nearest wall. Carol's quivering arm extended towards a few buttons. A few beeps later, and the low hum was heard as a beam shot from the ship. Carol, is it me, or is the darkness moving? Her leg bounced as she stared ahead. I see it too, I'm stopping the beam. The wall of void moved like a curtain. It started slowly, freezing the two audience members in anticipation, but mainly fear. The curtain sped up, faster and faster, the wall of void pulling up to speeds near imperceptible, all to reveal an eye. The eye shifted its gaze from the disturbance until it settles on the ship. If sounds traveled through space, the creature's roar would have been deafening. On the outside, the ship was screeching in horror. It was akin to a small mouse accidentally waking a tiger. The various external lights turned off and on as power rerouted about. On the inside, all Hal had broken loose. Carol's antenna buzzed with pure fear, his spindly arms vibrating enough to reduce a low hum. His mandibles chittered like a maraca and the captain whizzed around faster than she had ever moved, yelling orders as she herself navigated the various consoles around the bridge. Life support set to reserve power. Rerouting from weapon systems to cargo bay shields. Environmental controls on reserve. Lighting systems rerouted to thrusters. Available power up to 100% than normal. Rerouting all to thrust. Engaging neural link. Red lights flashed all throughout the ship, almost as if they knew the situation it was in. The captain pushed a button and her armrest, and the panel on the side opened up. She yanked the cable and shoved it into the port at the base of her skull. Under normal circumstances, one must ease into the connection, slowly acclimating their thoughts with the ship. But these were not normal circumstances. Well, getting the hell out of here, she yelled. She pulled the ship around and faced where they'd come from, and she sped through the maze of tentacles that materialized. It was quite the sight to watch a ship weave through the maze, whizzing left, right, up, and down in a mad dash to escape the unnamed beast. But the captain wasn't perfect, no human was. Seemingly, out of nowhere, a tentacle snapped the ship to the side. Alarms bled, and every console on the ship lit up red. Damage report! Shields at 2%, containment field on the crystals nearly destabilized. The captain pressed a few buttons and the cargo bay door slammed open. The crystal chests were sucked into space, and the ship was exploded forward, faster than the already breakneck speed that it was going at. The crystal chest, not avoiding them like the ship was, slammed into a tentacle. The resulting explosion spewed plasma everywhere, the debris slamming into whatever was around. Captain, the tentacles are making for an opening. It looks like we damaged the beast. He highlighted her on the view screen, and she instantly capitalized on the opportunity. They shot out of the hull, expecting the same empty space they'd left, but lights blinded the ship from all angles. What the hell? She slowly eased the cable out of her head, and one hand blocked the lights on the other side. When her eyes finally finished adjusting, she let out a huge sigh. 
the silver flagship of the intergalactic military, the Opal, was towering in front of them. Floating inside her were a few other ships, each with their own weapons array flaunting the might of the military. A few new ships were scattered around, with their drones weaving in between the ships. This is cargo freighter Antagon 1308. Move your ship, I'm Admiral Dorma Carr. Pleasure to meet you, the voice laced with sarcasm. Admiral, however, I would like to know what you plan to do to this creature. Kill it. I figured. I'm afraid I can't let you do that, Admiral. Do not make this harder than it needs to be, human. Your kind loves to stick their noses where they needn't be. His voice contorted with rage, and although he wasn't yelling, it sure seemed like he wished he could. Are you ready to slaughter two innocent civilians on live TV? Admiral, that creature behind us has the same right to be here as we do. I can have you thrown in jail for your obstruction, human. Move. Make me. She pressed a button and the screen flickered off. Captain, are you out of your mind? You first take us up close to that thing, and now you're standing your ground against the military. Carol, shut up. My head hurts from the damn link. She walked up to the console and eased the ship back closer to the beast. She knew it was stupid. She knew that she might be thrown in jail. And she knew that the creature just tried to kill him. But something inside her told her that it stand her ground. For she knew that it was better to take a stand against an unjust law than to stand alongside it. The creature had the same right to be here as they did. And she knew it. How's our shields, Carol? Down to one percent. The plasma explosion nearly knocked him out. But uh, I'm not sure if they'll hold much longer. Then we'll hold on as long as we can. And with that the small mouse stood between the swords of the government and the sleeping tiger. End of story.